0: We're not dead. For those of us who were found in Christ, we're not dead. We are alive, living, and full of the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And it's time that the world knew it. Mm-hmm. It's time that you show it. Whoever's in here today that doesn't know it, you can know it today. 2 John chapter 1, starting in the first verse the elder to the chosen lady and her children, whom I love in truth. And not only I, but also all who know the truth. For the sake of the truth, which abides in us, will be with us forever. The truth will be with you forever. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I'm here to tell you today, if you're questioning your salvation, if you know that you're saved today and you're questioning your salvation, I need you to hear this message today that the truth will be with you. It will it will boil inside of you. It will turn inside of you. It will it will make a difference in you. The truth will. And a living person, an alive person will take that truth and they'll run with it. They'll go with it. To the extent that they won't, they won't let it be hindered in any way, shape, or form. As you hear this message today, as you hear each verse today, you need to promise yourself. You need to promise yourself as you hear this message that you're not going to sit there and think about, well, so-and-so needed to hear this today. You're not thinking about, oh, I wish so-and-so was here today. Today... This is strictly about you. You. There's no one else's thought process. You don't need to be thinking about someone else but you. And when we walk out of here today, you need to walk out of here praising God for what he's about to share with you about his truth. And be thankful to him because he allowed you to come and hear it. If you're lost in here today and the spirit is calling you and you're holding on to that pew like this, let go. Let go. It's time for God to be God in your life today. Verse two reads, for the sake of the truth which abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. Mm -hmm. I was very glad to find some of your children walking in truth, just as we have received commandment to do from the Father. He says, I was very glad that some Notice he couldn't say all. He couldn't say everyone was walking in truth. He couldn't say everyone was where they needed to be in their relationship with God. He said some of them are. But the good news is the ones that were were living according to truth. See, living according to truth is the difference between being dead and alive. See, living according to what the word of God says is the difference between your stopping point being the grave and internally separated from God or your stopping point being the kingdom of heaven in the new Jerusalem. See, living according to the truth. Oh, gosh, there's a difference. I praise God that I'm not who I used to be. I praise God that he made me a new creation. See, that's the truth. That's what happens through Jesus Christ. I once was lost, but now I'm found. The truth came to me, and I heard the truth, and I responded to the truth by surrendering my life to a living and holy God. You can do that. You should do that. If you haven't done that, time is getting short. And you're running out of time to hear the truth and also live for the truth. Mm -hmm. Verse five. Now I ask you, lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but one which we have had from the beginning that we love one another. Woo. Hey, hello. That we love one another. A dead person can't love. A person that is alive can love, it can go through, can be what God has created them to be. See, living a life that is alive gets you way past all of your issues. It gets you way past all of your problems. It gets you way past all of your offenses. You see, a dead person gets offended by someone's words. An alive person works according to God. A dead person gets mad when they watch the news and starts talking about the politician. An alive person renders unto Caesar what is Caesar and goes on about their merry way. A dead person will pick apart someone else because of their differences and their flaws, but an alive person will love them the way Jesus loves them. You see, there's a difference between living a dead life and living a life that is alive. There's something about a person that you know is alive, when they walk into the room, you know that the power of God is all over them, and you just want to be around them. And then there's something about a dead person, when they walk in the room, they suck all of the life out of it. Amen? All of you know that person, they're dead, but they can be made alive in Christ through the love that you have for them. Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. We preached this just a few weeks ago. But the dead also need to hear and see the truth. That's right. And the truth is, is the embedded love that God has placed in you through the power of Jesus Christ. Amen. Guest, visitors, whoever walks through that door, whoever comes into that sanctuary, they need to feel the power of the love of Jesus Christ when they come in. They need to stand. They need to stand in and go, wow, wow, wow. This is not, this is not Jennifer's doing. This is not Brother Roy's doing. This is not Brother Jerry's doing. But this is the, this is what God feels like. I want to be part of that. Amen. That's alive. And I'm not here to label one church dead and one church alive. That's not for me to do. That's for God. Only God could write Ichabod over the door. I can't do that. It's not wrapped up in a song. It's not wrapped up in in anything else other than the power of God that's working in our lives today. See, the difference between living a life that is alive and being dead has everything to do with how much love you can pour out to those who are around you. We spent some time on it in Sunday school. It was great. It was awesome to find out how much people really do understand about love. And it's also awesome to find out how many people really truly need to know about love. He says in verse five again, now I ask you, lady, not as though I were writing to you a new commandment, but but the one which we have had from the beginning that we love one another. Verse six reads, and this is love, That we walk according to his commandments. That is the commandment, just as you have heard it from the beginning, that you should walk in it, that you should live in it. That's a living person that's walking in the commandment of God of loving. See, the difference between the dead and the alive is that the ones that are alive, they're walking not only in love. And that commandment is that that you love your neighbor as yourself. But the other one is is to love the Lord your God with all that heart, soul, and might. All of that. That's the difference. That we walk. That we live in it. That's a life that is alive. You see, a dead person, a dead person that's walking a dead life, guess what? They're the ones, oh, I'm about to hit a string here. They're the ones having sex out of wedlock. That's a dead person. They're the ones talking about their neighbors. That's a dead person. They're the ones holding bitterness and anguish, and, I mean, and angst against their brothers and sisters in Christ. That's a dead person. The dead person is the one. That that when they see what the government is doing or whatever, they get in huddles and mass and start talking about the politicians in in D.C. Instead of, if it was that important to you, be alive. Drive your happy self up to Washington and tell them how they feel instead of staying here talking about them behind their back. See, that's the difference between seeing a live person. Guess what they're going to do? They see their brother or sister in air, Guess what they're going to do? Come here, we need to talk. They're gonna bring them before the church. They're gonna bring. They're gonna get two or three like the scripture says together, and they're gonna put them together and say, "Hey, brother, we see you walking in error. You need some help." See, that's what an alive person does. A dead person pulls another person to the side that's not even in the situation and starts talking about that person. That's what the dead. That's the difference between walking and al- walking alive and walking dead, living alive and living dead. The dead person. doesn't know the love of God. The dead person, excuse me, the alive person <coughs> looks at you, looks at you, looks at you, looks at you, looks at you and sees Jesus Christ died for you Hallelujah. and walks according to that. That's what the alive person does. The dead person solves their problems behind a keyboard on social media. The alive person comes in and says hey let's talk and has a conversation see that's the difference that's the difference living a life that's alive god commands us to interact he commands us to talk he commands us to wake up he commands us to get get in each other's face I'm going to say, let me tell you what we need to do here, how we need to help, how we need to encourage, how we need to improve. That's what needs to happen. See, the dead person won't, doesn't want to hear that, but the alive person is going to be, hey, let me tell you something. What you're doing, I love you, and because I love you, your thought process, it doesn't show up in the word of God. Those activities that you're involved in, they're not showing up in the word of God. The alive person brings the live, living word to a dying world and shows them how to live. A living life. Amen. That's what it does. Ooh, watch this. Look at verse 7. You want to find something? that? Look, go to verse 7. Click it up there. For many deceivers have gone out into the world. Those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the antichrist. You see, dead people are deceived and fooled. Dead people are, but a, a, a living person... <laughs> can look and say, wow, I'm alive, that don't look right. Now, y'all can stand here all day long and tell me how you use your social media for good. <laughs> I ain't smoking that hand, baby. I'm telling you that right now. Our God is a live, interacting God. Jesus didn't type your salvation in over the Internet. He came down out of portals of heaven and got on the old rugged cross and bled real blood for you. And he expects you to shed some for him. There needs to be a little blood, sweat, and tears in your life. A little less of the the, the clicky-clicky and pointy-pointy. And I'm not just pointing to the youth. I'm pointing to all of y'all. And more getting in someone's face and saying, hey. You can can create, listen, there's an emoji out there for everything. There's one for gasping. There's one for crying. There's one for sweating. There's one for laughing. We got to let people know in our text that we think what they said was funny. You know what live people do? They grab people over and they tell them the joke to their face. It's a clean one, too. And they tell them to their face, and they laugh out loud together. You don't think Jesus laughed with his people? He did. You don't think Jesus put the listen? Joy is put in you. We talked about this this morning. It's put in you, but it's meant to be shared face to face, intimately. Alive people are not deceived. Put the scripture back up there. For many deceivers have gone out into the world. Satan has got you fooled into believing specific things are okay when it comes to God. You hear what I'm saying? He's got you fooled. You know, I brought up sex a while ago. I'll talk about it again. It's for a man and a woman that are married. You hear that youth? You hear that adults? You're living in debt. You're living in darkness, and you're—I'm not saying you're lost, but you, if that activity, see, we want to—we want to live a full life of, a, of of this is not a word of aliveness. We want to live this life, but we want to have some dead elements injected in it and call ourselves saved. Well, I can do that. It's okay. God will forgive me. James chapter four verse seventeen, for the one that knows to do good and does it not, guess what? To him, or to, if you're doing that, it's sin to everyone else. It doesn't apply to you. Ooh, no, it applies to him. It is sin. You ever read that scripture? How many of you read it? How many read James chapter four? You know that scripture, right? Do we need to look at it again? Everybody didn't put their hand up. So go to James chapter four verse seventeen. And guess what? Oh, John's fast on the little keyboard today. Thank you, son. But he can't write, y'all. I asked him last night if he could use a pencil (laughs) or a pen. It took him a minute to write a note. It was funny. Look at it. Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. You see, a lot of people know that it's it's proper to love. People that are alive know that it's proper to, to give and have compassion. Wow. See, I'm not just talking about sex today. I'm not. A lot of people know what they should do. And yet when they don't do it, you invite sin in. And when you invite sin in, you invite sin is what? What is sin? Sin is death. Sin is a a death sentence to you. Why is it a death sentence to you? Because because of sin, Jesus had to come. Sin separates you from God. So how can you call yourself alive and live according to God's commandment, love your neighbor as you love yourself, and yet keep on sinning? How can you do that? A lot of people don't strive for that. A lot of people strive to, hey, therefore, I found out the right thing to do. I'm not going to do it anymore so I can stop the sin in my life so I won't be eternally separated from God because that sin God does not approve of, that action God does not enjoy. And let me tell you something. He's not going to accept it in any way, shape, or form. So when you know it's wrong and you continue on, you're saying, God, guess what? Yeah, that hurts, don't it? And you see go back to go back to 2 John chapter uh, 1 verse 7. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not acknowledge Jesus as coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the antichrist. Go to the next verse. But watch yourselves that you do not lose what we have accomplished. Great, I got saved, yay, happy me, joyful me, and everything else, and I'm growing and I'm gaining. And then the deceiver comes in and says, oh, you ain't as saved as you thought you were. Let me throw some stuff in there that you will think is okay. Woo, that you will feel like you should, you can do. Hmm? So we feel like we can get on the side of the Democrats and the Republicans and talk about each other. You can't do it. Oh, I'm here to tell you, you can't do it. So we want to fix that one right now. Let's just address that one issue. If you've got an opinion about politics right now, get it right. Those are men and women that have been put in office by the God, God of heaven and earth. And let me tell you something. He's that they're in there whether you agree with them or not. They're in there for his plan and his purpose. And our hope is not in D.C. Our hope is in Washington. So quit fretting over what they might do or what they think they can do. They can't do no more than what God has ordained them to do. Amen. Get over it. Because you're going to sit there and pull your hair out, pull your teeth out, start throwing your shoes. Start marching and protesting and all this other stuff. Wait a minute, that's wrong. You can't, yeah, you, yeah, But anyway. All that stuff for no reason whatsoever. It's going to be what it's going to be. God has designed you to do something greater than squabble over politics. A lot of people don't get in huddles and complain about what God is doing. Am I complaining when I don't agree with them? I didn't say you agreed with them. I said alive people don't get in the huddles and squabble about about other people in politics. A lot Jesus clearly t- I want you to find the scripture in the Bible. Find the scripture in the Bible where Jesus was worried about who was emperor of, of Rome. Find it. Can anyone pull out that scripture where Jesus was wringing his head? Oh, man. Oh, man. If that guy gets in, it's going to be rough. Did anybody hear Jesus say that? Show me where Paul was sweating it. Show me. You see, watch yourselves that you do not lose what you have. You can get a form of godliness, but it denies the truth. Render unto Caesars and go on. Now, this is not a politics sermon. This is not a sex sermon. They just happen to be the categories of choice today. (coughs) Verse 9. The first five words. Anyone who goes too far. Anyone that goes too far. Well, what's too far? Turn around and see how far you left God. You went too far. If he ain't right here again, you and I'm going to say it like that. If he ain't right here again, you don't walk too far. If he's right here, you don't walk too far. If he's right here, you don't walk too far. He needs to be right here. You need to be just like this here, and that needs to be happening. If that ain't happening, uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) If that ain't happening, You've gone too far and look at the rest of it. Does not abide in the teaching of Christ. If anyone goes too far and, and does not abide in the teaching of Christ, does not have God. Alive people. Guess what? An alive person, I know it'd probably take about six of y'all to carry me, but an alive person is right there in God's arms all the time. And for any reason, if he's out of his arms or she's out of his arms, they're doing something to get back where they need to be. See, that's an alive person. A dead person, a dead person, a living a life that is dead is all of a sudden, before you know it, you've got more and more things between you and God. Whether it's a national championship, whether it's politics, whether it's sex, whether it's drugs, whether it's your attitude, whether it's gossip, whether it's anything else, a lack of discipline, Bible study. If it's hey, even if it's your own family that's got between you and God, you've gone too far. 35 years on May 27th. That's how long we'll be together. But she knows clearly, and I know clearly, that God comes before either of us. You hear that? Amen? Amen. (laughs) See? She knows that. She knows that, and I know that. Now, what does that mean for us? Come on. Amen. Amen. Liberty to do what? Worship God Mm -hmm. freely, unhindered, and live a life that's alive. I'm not going to love God less than I love her. But because I love her so much, it shows that I've loved God. You see what I'm saying? That's that life, that's that's living a life that's alive. Brad, I love you too much, right? And if you're in error, I'm going to come talk to you, aren't I? I'm not going to type you, I'm not going to send you a text and say, hey, I saw you sleeping with so-and-so. Don't do that anymore. That doesn't help him, does it? And if Brad saw me doing that, I would hope he wouldn't, I hope, well, hope, first off, he wouldn't see that. And then the, the, here's the thing, though. Um, if it happened, he, I would expect him to come. Hey, hey, David. No, you're David right now. Yeah. Hey, David, don't. Let me show you where you are, Aaron. Now let's start correcting you. See, the deceiver, see, guess what? People that live by the world that are living dead, see, guess what the dead world shows you? It shows you all kinds of stuff on TV that is okay, doesn't it? -hmm. It shows you all kinds. You go in the grocery store now and look at the magazine covers. They used to put the filthy ones behind something, right? Mm -hmm. Now it's all bam, there it is. And guess what that's designed to do? My focus has changed. Guys, live a life that's alive. Take a stand. Take a stand and start. You know, I'm going to start. I'm going to live for God because He's God, because He died for me. He took away my sins. I'm going to live a life that is alive. The world is dead and it's dying and it's going to end. And yet we fight tooth and nail to try to keep this stuff that's going to be gone. Look at the next verse. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house, and do not give him a greeting. In the culture of the Jews, greeting is everything. And when you greet with someone, you're saying you agree with them, basically, in a nutshell. We could get real deep about it, but we won't. When you agree, and, and, and God doesn't want you associated or in the mix with someone else who stands in a total opposition of him. And John is writing, warning them that, that this is... You, you're not living an alive life when you are associating with these things that are in the world. Old sermon, old message, but you gotta understand God doesn't want that. Look at the next verse. Go to the next one. For the one who gives him a greeting participates in his evil deeds. You're just as dead. You're just as dead as they are. Let's talk about the sex thing again. I know my wife's probably like, David, you said too much about sex today. It's real. If it wasn't real, y'all wouldn't be sitting here. Okay? <laughs> it's real. But we're so casual about it. I'm going to hit you. We're so casual about it. We're so, oh, everybody's doing it. It's okay, it feels good. Let's just keep on doing it. And God is saying, no. That is my intimate way of you sharing intimacy with your wife or your husband, not his wife and not her husband. But that is my intimate way, not only to reproduce, but to bond you together. You hear what I'm saying? It bonds you together. And you can you can you can see it. You can read it in romance novels. You can do whatever you want with it. But if you've got this attitude about sex that, hey, it's just the thing to make me feel better right now. And then you're going to keep doing it because it's okay in the world. Youth, I hope you're listening as well, because there's not a person in this room that hadn't been where you are right now. And the church said the rest of the church said. Y'all said it quietly. Don't sit there and act like you ain't had them thoughts and them experiences, okay? Thank you. (laughs) And when you sit there and you agree with what you see and what someone else is doing and you don't go out and correct it, hey, even if I don't stand up here and I don't preach about it, Brad has to preach about it. Amy has to preach about it. Parents, you should be preaching about it to let them know hey, we don't agree with that. It is the wrong thing to do. I'm not going to acknowledge you in it, and I'm not going to approve of it. You got to stand. And this is just one subject. You need to take sex and everything else and put it all under that umbrella and stand your ground. Amen. Which is, and your ground better be the same ground that God is standing on. And you better not be in agreement with the world that, oh, it's okay. Let each one do whatever they want to do. Oh, so you you think Bonnie's going to be okay if I bring a rock in the house and put it in the bed and say, I'm in love with this rock? (laughs) The next words is that rock's going to be your pillow. Get out. Don't participate with them. That's an alive person. An alive person has the guts to say, I'm not going to do that. I've been pastoring for years now. How do you think I got off on Sundays? My lineage can tell you right now how I got off on Sundays. When I got a job, what did I tell them? I don't work on Sundays. Well, we, we work on Sundays. Well, good, I don't. Well, but sometimes I said, look, I'm okay. If you don't want to hire me, that's fine. But I am a man called by God. And there's only so much time I can commit to you. Because I have to study and I have to prepare for multiple classes throughout the week. So if you want to hire me, this is when I can work. If you don't, that's fine. I'm not mad. Don't you be mad. We can get up and part our ways. But I stood my ground. And guess what? Well, Mr. David, we just decided that we can go ahead and bring you on board. Okay. Just understand. I'm leaving here at this time because I got I got a congregation to minister to. I got a hospital visit to make. I got a phone call, whatever it is. Just understand that I stood my ground. But, you know, you got to be you got to be where you can be with God to do that. You know what I mean? And it wasn't for my, it wasn't for the purposes of getting off work early or anything like that. It was because, guess what? I was not going to leave the ground where God had placed me. And it was right next to Him. And so everyone else might want to give up their Sundays and Wednesdays or whatever for other things. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, and I refused to do it. And you'd be surprised at how many times they'll go, okay, we can work around that. Good. Good. But no. Uh, well, I can't tell them no because they might let me go. If it's between you, if they're getting between you and God, hello? Hello? Come on. Y'all, This a life that is alive wants to be near God. The world doesn't want to be near God. Don't bring God in here. He might see what we're doing. Really? He already sees it. Go to the next verse. Though I have many things to write to you, I do not want to do so with paper and ink or keyboard or QWERTY board on your phone. Or I don't want to tell Alexa to do it or Google to do it. OK, I don't want to talk to Siri about it. Cindy tried to get Siri to call me the other day. And she said, I don't know who David's brother is. She said, call brother David. And What did it say? Yeah. She said, call Brother David. He said, I don't know who David's brother is. That tells you how smart Siri was. <laughs> when God just wanted her to pick up the phone and push 205-753-5973. That's my phone number if you ain't got it. 205-753-5973. I didn't want to write you in paper or ink, but I hope to come to you and speak face-to-face so that your joy may be full, may be made full, I'm coming to talk to you face-to-face about Jesus Christ. How would y'all feel if I was teaching Tuesday night and Wednesday night and Sunday night and Sunday morning and Sunday school all from a computer screen? Huh? How would you feel about that? Just think about what you would be missing, all the sweat and spit and all that other stuff. Think about what would be missing in your, in, in your experience here at church. How would that feel? It wouldn't feel very intimate, would it? It wouldn't feel very powerful, would it? See, this is where you, you, you need to determine how you're going to uh, uh, live a life that is alive. A life that is alive, it is close to God, and it mirrors God, and it forsakes all things for God. Mm. Oh, please, I pray you understand that. I pray that's what you heard today. Now, some of you got some repenting to do. Amen? Mm. Okay, maybe not. I do. Some of you got some, some, some things you got to process today. Amen? Amen. Some of you got some stands to make today. And some of you need Jesus Christ today. So as every head is bowed, as we close our eyes, give a full reward. <laughs> Ooh, man, God is just growing. He's bringing people out. And he's snatching them from the fire, ain't he? Amen. He's just bringing them in, and he's just like, hey, guess what? And you know what? People are coming to experience a real thing. Not just this church, but when they come to church, experience the real thing. I was a uh, man. I'm telling you, just. Woo. <laughs>